Hello and welcome to Horror. This is a fortnightly podcast in which myself, Lee, and Adam will be taking our friend Chris on a journey through the twisted world of horror cinema in the hopes of introducing him to some of the many delights the genre has to offer. The premise is very simple. We will sit down together and watch a film. As soon as it's finished, we will sit down and record the podcast immediately afterwards. As such, it will be very spoiler-heavy, and we do suggest you watch the film yourself before listening to the podcast, not only so we don't spoil it, but also so you know exactly what we're talking about. At the end of each discussion, we'll decide what film we'll be watching next, and we'll let you know so you have a fortnight to watch it yourselves, and then come on our journey with us again. Along the way, there will be facts, laughs, opinions, probably quite a lot of swearing. Any full frontal nudity will be completely irrelevant, as this is audio only. So, with the introduction over, it's now time for the podcast. Thanks for listening. Right, good evening and welcome to Horror. Uh, we're back yet again for our eighth episode, I think we're on now. Um, and we've just come fresh out of watching The Void, um, the newest movie we've covered so far to date. Um, and it's a corker. Um, so, Chris, you looked suitably disturbed throughout most of that. So what did you make of The Void? I um corrupted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that was an experience. Um so I had no idea and certainly the the word, the void, um I guess it doesn't give a lot away except that there's going to be some possibly dimension, but I didn't know if it would be supernatural or uh, real, but anyway, yeah. And to be honest from the start is like, okay, I've got a few questions. Okay, I've got some more questions. Okay, what is going to happen here? <laughs> was that girl that's dead? Was she a goodie? Was he a goodie? Who's the what's going on? And but I thought this is going to get too crazy for me to follow and decide where it's heading. But somehow it kept doing it in such a way that kept me very compelled uh, and fascinated and really trying to think, what are they going to do to make this work? Because it's like, okay, there's a lot of people dying quickly. Mm. Um, we're now in the hospital, and there's not many ways out of here, it looks like, because there's a few crazy weird people outside. Um, and there's definitely something supernatural going on. But who is it, and why? And yeah, and then they continue to, throughout the film, answer and add another question. <laughs> but still, yeah, like it really kept me on the edge. Um, and it was getting more and more twisted and I'd say really good job of doing the horror aspect without just using jump scares because there wasn't actually that many jump scares no. but there were some really t- terrifying scenes and uh, sensations I thought and yeah it it did definitely remind me of Event Horizon to some degree yeah. the sense of hell yeah mixing with reality yeah and some sort of supernatural entity that 
knew what was going on. See, I made some notes as well while we were watching it. Yeah, no, but it reminded good. me of an Event Horizon. Mm. Um, again, not in a, not like it was ripping it off, but no, it just I felt told, like yeah. it was a real love letter to that. Yeah. I got the thing. Yes. Um, in the end, reminded me so much of Prince of Darkness, the the scene in front of the mirror. We, yes, yeah, um, yeah. And obviously, mm. from beyond, because it's that whole HP mm. Lovecraft Cthulhu thing going, which just runs all the way. But I loved that, as you say, I loved that ambiguity. I loved the fact that it never fully explained no. what was going on, but you knew enough to to be compelled into it, and that you weren't. It didn't just feel random. You you got. It was like the edges were blurred, so you yeah. could see what was happening. You just didn't know the exact fo- finite mm. details of it, which, which was excellent. I really enjoyed it. It, it had a th- it had a through point that you could follow, mm. but I again, it was that thing that I love it when um, it's it's how it would be if you were in that situation. Yeah. you would not know what's yeah. get the explanation. Yeah, because yeah. everyone's got their story. Mm. and what their role is in it. But it's like, who is the main person? And certainly it felt like it was going to be the policeman. Yes. But then there was clearly some significant roles for the other people that came into it. So Mm. the guy, the mystery guy, which I think he gets called at one point, um, you know, he's he's good and bad Mm. and something serious happened. And his relationship with the other boy... They're, they're literally in the in the in the credits. They are literally the father so and it, the son. It was, that, but they it, don't even it have. Kind of didn't. At one point, I wasn't sure what he said. It kind of sounded like he wasn't related to him. He said something mm. about his family being, yeah, lost. And then, but then he blamed him for something. Yeah. So which, I think he was. So he was out when whatever uh, what happened, happened okay. killed. So he did have some resentment. Th- yeah. Kind, yeah. Because okay. th- that was the thing that really flipped it for me as well, which was like saying about sort of keeping it kind of obscure. Usually in that situation, that guy turns up and they say, right, what's happening? He goes, it's this, it's yeah. this, it's this. Yeah. And he didn't no. know. Yeah, he didn't, he he didn't, didn't know. He, didn't he, he hadn't seen the thing that came mm. out of the nurse yeah. before. Yeah. And didn't know what it was no. or how to deal with it, you know. And that did add to the desolation, yeah. Sense because yeah, you are hoping for some glimmer of something. Well, if if classic ghost story thing, you know, where it's almost like you've got the ghost. Oh, there's something weird happening here. Right, we look into it. We look into parish records, or we look into old newspapers. Yeah. We go and talk to a, an a, an elderly person who's lived there all their lives. Turns out this person, you know, did these horrible things here, or this girl died in a fire because uh, she was jilted at the altar, or something like that. And then it's also to repair this, we do this, and this was just, oh, yeah. shit, you know, there's stuff going on. We've got to deal with immediately. Yeah. There isn't time to look into a backstory or find out why it's happening. And, or, and mm. genuinely, I think in those circumstances, you wouldn't, you would never find out. Yeah. I mean, you've just got to act and... I mean, as you say, it isn't your priority at that point. Your priority no, no, no. at that point is just staying alive. Yeah. And seeing as, again, I know this is full of spoilers, but seeing as right. none of the main characters survive. <laughs> and I love the fact it's only the two kind of interim characters who make it to the end. I thought yeah. that was a really nice... Yeah, that seems real. You'd think that mm. could easily be the way it would turn the question, out. The question is, do you think you pulled at that point? I definitely reckon. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, she 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 was flirting with the patient who ended up with scissors in his head. Yeah, and she 
sort of kind of liked him, and then it's like after you survive through that, sure, <laughs> yeah. That's, you know, that's got that's got to be a sort of a definite second date, I would say, at least. Um, I think it counts as a stimulating experience that they're both <laughs> shared. Yeah. Oh, definitely, yeah. Well, there's not many people you're going to be able to find outside of that box, no. I suppose. Well, certainly not at the end of this. The other film, I think, that we... Uh, the other film that... Are just clearly with the sort of cutting off of faces and things mm. um, and the skinning... Obviously, Hellraiser as well, I yeah. think, is the other... Oh, yeah, because he looked just like Frank at the end yeah. when you saw yeah, him he after does, the... Yeah. Now that, um, the actor who was playing the Doctor, I didn't realise the first time around when I was watching it, and um, sort of when I was looking into it afterwards, um, I didn't realise, that's Windermill from Twin Peaks, you no. know? Yes! And watching it that time around, and suddenly I could see it, but it was Windermill, and I was just, you know, I mean, I'm obsessing over Twin Do Peaks you know at the moment. part of me thought? He looks familiar, mm. but not familiar enough. And I was like, maybe he's just got that generic. Because he kind of looks a bit like Malcolm McDowell. Yeah. Or because, uh, uh, but it was just like, well, I know, I didn't recognise any names going into the credits or anything like that. Fucking Wyndham Earl. And it's Wyndham Earl from uh, season two of Twin Peaks, and it's just. Have you seen Twin Peaks, Chris, or is that a bit the, the original? Yeah. yeah, the original. I, I have. But I definitely need to watch it again. I've seen it through three times, and I still need to watch okay, it again yeah. before I watch that, that the new series. That does seem to be. The, yeah. the new series actually has the same thing you were saying about this, though. Is mm. it seems to be it like throws up, it throws up a load of mystery, then one gets solved, but it then oh, There's but now that's yeah. now I've got this question. Yeah. yeah. You know? yeah. Um, well, I I really liked. The um, the the characters I thought in this were very good, all of them. Um, you know, I suppose I felt like they didn't, um, they weren't stereotypical too much. And say with the father and son, mm. the son wasn't absolutely following what his father was saying. He felt like perhaps sometimes, or he gave the impression that sometimes is. Dad was being a bit too harsh, and yeah, you know, when he sets light to the girl at the start, the boy is a bit, you know, he's not happy about it all. Whereas yeah. the, the father's just like, Yeah, we're storming ahead here. And yeah. um, but then he does change a bit towards the end, you start to learn a bit more about him. Um, and obviously, you learn about the stories of the policeman and the his wife, yes. Um, and that's it. And they've all obviously got, or not all of them, but th- those main characters have got some sort of darkness and issues around death that they're trying to come to terms with mm. in their own ways. Um, well, yeah. similar, similarly with the Doctor. I mean, yeah. he's, he's gone out on a real limb on yes. dealing with his grief yeah. issues. But I guess, you know, you know that perhaps is part of what the, the film is about, is yeah, I, people's oh, ways they deal with it, and clearly some don't deal with it. No. And um, I think that the... Um, I think also there's... Because... Weirdly enough, and I hate I hate to say it because just I love the film. Mm. I think it's actually, but I think towards the start there's just a couple of there's a couple of clunky lines hmm. that that sound a bit sort of, all oh, right, we've got to bring you up to speed to what's happening here. That may have, I think they may even they may be in there because by the time they kind of get resolved, like the fact that they've uh, the. Policeman and his 
uh, and the doctor had lost their child, and but by the time that kind of plays into it, it'd be like, well, we're already, you know, we're already on a limb that we're not going to explain X, Y, and Z. Mm. Yeah. So it may be they were thinking, is it too ambiguous at that point to then sort of put this in? Or so you might have to give me an example because. I, well, I don't know if it had me so on edge for most of it that I found it harder to see things that I may not like. I don't oh, no, no. I, 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 believe, believe me, it's definitely... Uh, well, certainly, it's the best... It's the best, it's the best new, new horror yeah, I've okay. seen. So, so what age is... When yeah, it's 2016, so it's only right, last okay. year. So it's, yeah, um, but, I mean, it's definitely, I would say, the, the best sort of I've seen. Certainly, certainly sort of of last year's horror. So I think they did good not going over the top with effects as well. Mm. I, mean, I mean, certainly when they go down in the low basement, <laughs> there's a lot of effects, but it's it's very dingy and they don't, you know... Well, one I of think they spent their budget, because it's, it is definitely a lower budget film, so I then think they, did they a good job, spent it amazingly, yeah. because... I mean, it, it's single location, which obviously is, yeah. is a massive budget saver. Yeah. It, apart from three scenes that take place outside yeah. the entire thing okay. takes place in within the uh, confines within of the confines hospital, of hospital. Yeah. so they've obviously saved a lot of budget there and that's gone into their mm. obviously into the special effects budget as you say for like the slaughterhouse downstairs um, and the, I loved all that stuff of the void where you get kept getting the glimpses of the void mm. um, yeah see that's, that, that was it I thought, I thought it was very um, artfully done mm. those the um what, what do you call them? The transition, or you know, yeah, like every now and again, it'd just show you the, the colour waves, yeah. clouds, and yeah. stuff with no, with you no sort of reason as to why. And then nebula and then weird. Oh yeah, cool. Yeah, all the all the universe stuff and the mountainous mm. terrain. But that, it seemed, I thought that was very tasteful and and a nice, yeah. Um, oh no, I think that was the, weirdly enough because that what that stuff. I mean, clearly is um, CGI. You know, it's sort of a, a lot of it is like the clouds and everything, and the sort of backgrounds that they were on were obviously um, sort of I would I would assume computer built because they didn't look sort of like model or anything. Mm. And certainly not a a landscape that you could achieve on that budget. No. You couldn't go to like the coal black end of Norway, <laughs> you know, or whatever like that. Mm. Whereas, but then all the monster effects were practical. Mm. Yeah, there wasn't okay. any. So yeah. there were no CG monsters that was so all maybe, maybe that's what they did a good job of then yeah, yeah. well it's like we were saying before practical effects always yeah, are best well, especially mm. on a budget if yeah. you do yeah. a lower well, budget a practical effect you can make if you've got the talent you can make it look really good mm. but if you do a low budget CG effect doesn't it's matter how not, good you are yeah. it's going to look clunky <laughs> yeah. so yeah I, 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 the effects on it were that like the very end the Daughter monster thing yeah. that came out that looked incredible and, and it's just again when it's just chasing him down the corridor mm. it's a weird movement yeah. Yeah. it has like those hands back backwards it also when they blew it's when they blew the bottom half of its face off and it started spewing tentacles mm. yeah. that is how I eat pasta. <laughs> <laughs> It's. I think that was what I loved about it is because HP Love. Do you know a lot about HP Lovecraft, Chris? No. No. Okay. Um, so Lovecraft 
created a, a work. He wrote lots of short stories, and they they they're all they're all connected by a religion of old gods and specific old gods like Cthulhu and okay. um, and basically so they all they all tie in but what Lovecraft did that most people don't is that he encouraged people to write stories on his mm, mythos okay. so he wanted people to to build more parts onto his his world of mythology and this definitely 100% falls into it and I, I love that I love Lovecraft mm. and I love that idea of somebody creating like a nucleus of something and then saying yeah. now you you go and yeah he always welcomed other writers to expand the mythology yeah. and use the mythology um, I think also the one thing it really it reminds me of um, William Hope Hodgson's The House on the Borderland sort of told from the point of view of this uh, man alone in his house, but every time he falls asleep or sort of loses concentration or drifts or anything, he ends up experiencing another world, essentially, mm. but he flies in on that world and he's flying across it and he sees buildings rise and fall, civilizations, um, all all based around this sort of pig deity thing. Mm like warthog sort of demon thing. And then he snaps out of it and it's, you know, he's lived hundreds of years in this narrative and then he snaps out of it and he's been asleep for five minutes. Mm. Which, you, which again, is something that you do experience dreaming. I was doing it the, yeah. other, I was doing it the other morning. I, I, sort of went, I went to sleep and I, I genuinely had like a full-blown sort of, I don't know, hour-long dream that when I woke up, I'd been asleep three minutes. Yeah. Because I looked at my clock, thought, oh, I was, you know, I'm not yet. That, <laughs> that, that happens when you're not fully asleep more, doesn't it? Mm. I think, yeah. Is and it hip, hypnagogia? Hip, yeah, I think it yeah. is, yeah. Like sleep paralysis. Oh, yes, yeah. I, yeah. I, I used to get it a lot, and I would always have the Reaper sort of just standing oh, right. there. Oh, the, the full-blown... Like, yeah. And, like, and you say you're awake, but, but you're I feeling thought, what's in the I room. thought yeah. I was awake, so I thought yeah. he's there now standing with me, you know, and about to do something bad. There's yeah. a documentary called... I will look it up. I will send you a link I, to I it. know that... It's on Netflix. Yeah, and I can't It's not called, it's called Nightmare, but it's called something. And it's basically people... Night Terrors. No, no. It's, it's called something like... But okay. it's an hour and a half documentary about sleep paralysis mm. and the people it's amazing how so many people have see almost exactly the, like you say it's almost exactly the same thing they all describe it in exactly the same mm. way but they all see something very similar yeah and it's it's an amazing documentary and it's genuinely terrifying it's mm. really well, yeah. really good what, what was it's just called The Nightmare it's just oh, called okay. The Nightmare it's, fact, it's on Netflix. It's yeah. totally brilliant. I've still not seen it. I, 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 will, I will be. I'll the only problem is they keep saying all the way through it. Oh, I, you know, I told someone about my sleep paralysis, and it never happened. It never happens. And then yeah. two weeks later, no, they it, had it. Yeah, the more well, I right, talk about it, the worse it gets. This and I was, was like, weird. I shouldn't yeah. have watched this. No, no. <laughs> yeah, but, but it is actually one of the best horror experiences you can have because it feels so real. Because it feels like 
this isn't a dream. Yeah. This is actually happening. This and is really happening. And, and you can't move, but you're like, I should be able to move because I'm, I'm awake. So, yeah. um, but what was really weird was I was listening to a podcast and Skeptics Guys Universe and they were talking about it and that set me into it. So I was falling asleep listening to the podcast and <laughs> oh, then started shit. having it and it was like, oh, this is getting really weird. Trouble. Why in the name of God would you do that? That's <laughs> why you should always fall asleep to pornography. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I remember that. <laughs> That does sound like no, it's be. worse. You just wake up going, "What? Oh <laughs> no!" <laughs> um, right to get us away from that as quickly as you only possible. The sound in this as well was mm. absolutely yeah. amazing. Um, it was the little things like um, when he first walked in and the nurse was stabbing the guy with the scissors, mm-hmm. and he he shot her. And as soon as he shot her, it was that ringing, like an ear ringing. Mm. And it just lasted yeah. for about five... And it wasn't loud enough. It was annoying. It was just there to, like, a, a believable... Like, it, yeah, you know, like it, actually, it would actually... Yeah. It was brilliantly done. Mm. I loved it. Um, and again, all the stuff when you saw the other dimension, it was yeah. just that bass rumble well, that you felt rather than heard. At this point, I am going to have to pull out my, my geek stool and chew about this because... There's a lot of con- there's a lot of contributors to the music in this, but one of the one of the main contributors is um, Lustmord, and Lustmord is a uh, Welsh industrial artist who's been going for years, Ooh. and he created what is called uh, well he's credited with creating what is referred to as dark ambient, hmm. and a lot of it is that kind of thing. It's almost like sort of atmospheres, sound design. It's in that, and those sort okay, of like you said, the, up tomorrow, the, the bass rumbles. Like, well, he's done. He, he's done loads of albums. He's done loads of collaborative albums. Hmm. He even did an album with the Melvins. Oh right, um, oh, which okay. I've I've not heard it. It's called Pigs of the Roman Empire, and apparently it's sort of. Um, uh, but the way it's sort of chopped up is you've got a couple of Lust Maud songs, a couple of Melvin songs, and then ones where they actually collaborated. But yeah, Lustmord, which is actually, um, is the German term, yeah. is a German term which is basically um, lust murderer, but it would be more accurately pleasure murderer. So essentially okay. it's like a serial, it, that is the German term for a serial killer. Okay. Because it's someone who, it's their hobby. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's recreational murder. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, and he has done, oh, he's, he's done loads of, like, he's sort of contributed on loads of soundtracks and things, um, but I've been obsessed with, with him for fucking years, because it's just, again, it's that sort of thing where it is just, it's, it's atmospheres, mm-hmm. and yeah, there's a, there's a lot of good stuff out there and a lot of good collaborations that he did. But the, but the other people that I'm, I'm sort of listening to from this is there's a band called uh, Blitz Berlin who contributed some tracks to it, a band called Men Along, and apparently their stuff's up on... Um, excuse me. Uh, their stuff's up on SoundCloud that they did for The Void. Mm. Ah, excellent. And I was going to say, if you can get hold of this soundtrack on vinyl, I will be all at, over at the mo At the moment, I've been searching and searching. There doesn't appear to be anything... Because I, I thought it may have been existing Lustmore tracks, but they're not listed. Okay, so so, I, so I assume it is original stuff that he's done for it as well. Excellent. Which, you know, is just 
fantastic because yeah, every, everyone should use him and he should be on. He should be on. Uh, absolutely should, should be, uh, yeah, yeah, he should be. Um, CBBS, um, <laughs> Coronation Street, the old lot should just be rumbling through. Um, so sorry, I had to have a geek off there. But one one of the composers on here is uh, one of the directors. Oh really? Because okay. that's the thing. This is two directors, two Canadian guys, Jeremy Gillespie and Stephen Kostansky. And they've done previous films. Like they did, um, they both, uh, they, the film that they've done together, again, as writers and directors, was a film called Father's Day for Troma, okay. which sounds like it could be worth, worth a watch. But a, Definitely. A, lo- a lot of their previous stuff is more sort of spoof and parody um, horror or grindhouse or that kind of thing. See, it's funny how you can do that. that I mean, that's, that's a, a sign of a versatile. Yeah. Writer, I suppose, to be able to go from doing, as you say, trauma style, fun, campy, over the top stuff to do something like this. Yeah. Which, although parts of it were fairly over the top, it never felt like it never took you out of it. There was no yeah. point where I went, yeah. oh, well, that's just Luke. It well, just worked brilliantly. I think it helps that for, I mean, the cast, I think, I don't think anyone was wrong. Mm. You know, no, ev- everyone. Every, for... There was no one. There was no one who sort of put a performance in that took you out of it at any point. Mm. And I think everyone just ran with it with the pure terror of the situation. With the, the you know, you know, everyone sort of kind of although, at the right level, at the right pitch. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. although some of them were archetypal they never felt cookie cutter so like say so the two who turned up who were the right these two turn up they don't give a fuck about anybody who's already (laughs) here they just want to care about themselves you've seen them in so many things before but in this it didn't feel like oh well I know this pair of dicks like they felt really genuine it was Mm. they say for the fact that it's obviously on a lower budget and you don't you've never seen any of these people before Mm. I thought they did a brilliant job and they melded really Mm. well together oh yeah that, well, that is interesting though that it's two directors because I don't think any of the other films we've seen no we're not no not with so, no. Oh, it's interesting I wonder what each of them like brought to it individually well they... it may this this may be an answer uh, basically there, there's there's a basically there's they're part of a collective of six Canadian filmmakers called yeah. Astron Six and they all sort of work on each other's films and everything and they were the people who that Astron Six was the production company under which Father's Day and another film they did called Manborg, which is a spoof sort of RoboCop Terminator, uh, yeah. those sort of things. And in actual fact, that was the the other person who did music on here was a guy called um, Brian, I think it's Weasek or Weasek. And I listened to he's done he did the soundtrack to this film Manborg, which I listened to the other day. And it's brilliant. It's just it's Terminator. Oh, really? It's like Terminator mm. and a, a kind of John Carpenter, but it's yeah, it's just so pitch perfect. So it's all that eighties. Yeah, that eighties sort of eighties eighties cyborg synth music. It was oh. perfect for it. So that's definitely another one to check out. But both of these guys are uh, well, Jeremy Gillespie. Um, his the main work that he's done, sort of like within the film industry is within the art department, either as an assistant or art director in later stuff. So um, he worked on the, the remake of Total Recall, Love Pacific Rim, mm. 
Uh, the Robocop remake did seven episodes of Hannibal and uh, Suicide Squad and the It remake that's coming I don't know that's quite an impressive resume exactly (laughs) I'm pretty sure we should have that on the list oh definitely and then Stephen Kostansky um, uh, he was he's uh, a makeup specialist and he was sort of like he's worked as as either the head of makeup or sort of as he's gone through like assistants and sort of so on, and yeah, he did. Um, he's done stuff on Todd and the Book of Pure Evil, uh, Wrong Turn for Resident Evil Retribution. Cool. I don't know which one that is. Is that the fourth? No, no, no much later than oh, that. Oh, fair enough. Uh, Silent Hill Revelation did twelve episodes of Hannibal, uh, Crimson Peak, Ooh, the Gamera nice. de Toro one, uh, again Suicide Squad, and again the It remake. Wow. So the you know. I think that's why their practical effects and why the whole place looked, oh, yeah. you know, everything I looked so that good. Set, yeah. like that hospital set just mm. looked mm. so perfect. Mm. But that's good. Right, so if they've done this and they've worked on those films and they're both on the It remake, yeah, that's more tick boxes yeah. that that film I would say got. so, yeah. I would yeah. Want, I, I'm now kind of leaning towards, yeah. The original, I, again, I can't remember the details of it, but it stuck in my head as a... You know, a serious film. One that's messes with your sleep for a yeah. long, long time. So if, if they've done a, a good job of that, that is a great blend. Oh, de- definitely. I want to. I think maybe we should cover that. So, yeah, so w- name some Canadians that have gone wrong because I'm starting to think Canada should just rule the world. Um, oh, what in terms of? But they seem to be just generally. Any time I hear something about Canada, they've done something good. Well, David Cronenberg. Yeah. I mean, you're wrong, but you're so right. Mm. <laughs> oh, but actually, just to go back, you saying about uh, directorial pairs, one of yeah. my favourites, the Cohen brothers, oh, obviously, yeah. uh, his two brothers direct everything together, and, uh, yeah. it's. Have you seen any Cohen brothers movies? Go on, name the ones that I should have seen. So you should definitely have seen No Country for Old Men. No, but I agree that I probably should. Or Big Lebowski. No. We need to... We did a Coen Brothers marathon one weekend. Yeah, do you remember? we did. That was nice. Um, we, did, we did those two. Did Raising Arizona, did we do? They did that, yeah. yeah. Uh, Bump Fink, Hudsucker Proxy. Yeah. Blood Simple. Yeah. Um, oh, um, turn Off the Reading. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't mention that film without laughing because it's just batshit. Yes. So much fun. Um, but weirdly enough, you saying that um, again when I was looking into the uh, looking into the void and everything. When I was looking into the void, <laughs> it started <laughs> looking back it's into me. To work, I, <laughs> I thought it was good that yeah. they didn't say the void at all. No, that no. would not have been good. They used the abyss, which I yes. thought was a good. It's yeah, like change. that. It's like that film about the bus that has to speed around the city. <laughs> speed mustn't go below fifty because if its speed goes below yeah. that, it blows up. I think it was called the bus that could <laughs> slow down. We saw um, maximum overdrive. Yeah, that's, oh, that's, oh, that's, that is the best that, one. They probably turn actually, to camera yeah. and maximum <laughs> overdrive. Oh, <laughs> really? But, <laughs> I, but I read an interview at uh, dreadcentral.com. Mm. Good for yourselves. Full credits and everything, uh, which was an interview with with the two directors, mm. and they said what films inspired the Void. Um, uh, Jeremy Gillespie said Alien, The Shining, 
No Country for Old Men uh, yes. and Jacob's Ladder. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, and cool. then he said the music of Lust Maud was a huge influence. Mm. But also they mentioned weird fiction, but they mentioned Laird, he mentioned Laird Baron, Thomas Ligotti, and I'm not even going to try and say that, <laughs> um, and the early Silent Hill games. Oh, okay. Ooh, and okay. then uh, uh, Stephen Kostansky uh, added Phantasm and the Keep. Good. And uh, Exorcist 3. Any weird movie that commits to its own bizarre mythology, which yeah. I, think, <laughs> I, think that, I think in that case they have achieved their goal. Oh, yeah, without yeah, a doubt. I think this is, yeah. I'm, 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 for some, because I, I, I remember seeing, uh, I sort of saw a few bits and pieces coming up that was just like The Void. And, and also, I think a, a lot of it was people saying, oh, I think because of Stranger Things being a success, mm. lots of people were saying, oh, it's an 80s... It's it's an 80s-style film, and I don't think it is. No. The, the cover art for the DVD, <laughs> which I love, I think everybody should mm. go back to doing that. But yeah, the film itself doesn't feel like an 80s I don't, film I don't, Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's very... We, I think it's very timeless. I think mm. it's very... You know, apart from... Uh, because weirdly enough, no one ever pulls out a mobile. Mm. We, no. The walkie-talkies, which still could be... Which again, could yeah, be yeah. any time between 1940 yeah. and now. But, really. but then I don't, think, I don't think that really comes into it, because whatever happens, because the phone's not working, Yeah. the walkie-talkies aren't working, the radio in the car isn't working. Hmm. So it would probably just be sort of, you know... It would have just been an added thing that doesn't work. Yeah. But yeah, I that was the only thing I sort of spotted was that no one, no one tries using a mobile at any point. But it's good though because it means yeah. you don't have to do. It. I appreciate the fact that now everyone would just go, "Well, just use a fucking mobile." Uh, so. But I don't think you so, scream that watching. No, no, you well. don't. You don't at all. Mm. Not as you say. The fact that they try so many other forms of communication, it doesn't cross your mind. Yeah. But I, I do find it sometimes. I know it needs doing, but I do find it a little bit jarring when there always has to be an excuse why. Oh, the mm. mobile isn't working because, and they like you say, it's one of those clunky lines of dialogue that gets yeah. dropped in. So, like the fact they just don't even touch it, and yeah. it doesn't. They try it, just it doesn't work, and then the pace of the film. Yeah, carries you and because I think yeah. that I think that was too much going on to think. It's yeah. just it's a non-stop barrage mm. of stuff. Because that's the thing, the clunky line thing, like I said about earlier. I think the only bit that, it, and it's really near the start, but it's just there's one bit where um, the doctor says to uh, says to the policeman, um, like he's saying about I'll give her time, but I mean yeah. his wife and everything. And it's just be, I think it's just because it starts with. As you know, which is a classic sort of cliche thing for right. You're about to get some explanation. Yeah, where it's yeah. like, as you know, this is one of the finest <laughs> newspapers that runs the planet, and it's like, well, I work for it. I know that. Yeah. And yeah, it's as you know. Uh, sometimes the death of a child can be very traumatic, or sort of. Yeah. Mm, you mm-hmm. know, uh, but that said. No other complaints. Yeah, so yeah. I think, I've got like, I've got like one one line of dialogue, and that was probably about uh, it. an hour and a half film. That's yes, a lot oh, better yeah. going than you get. But I could imagine once you know the story, most anything. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like once you know the story, you I think you might be able to 
identify that maybe more, that's the trouble is I'm on second view yeah so, so I, maybe that stood out yeah. to you there you do pick more stuff I was also on second viewing um, mm. but yeah you, I, I do find that if I'm gonna find a fault with something it's like Prometheus first time I watched Prometheus I really enjoyed it the second time I was like that was an awful movie <laughs> I think I was sorry I was, just, it was just the shininess the, of yeah. it and I just watched it and went ooh and then the second time I was like these people are dicks the story doesn't make any sense I don't I suppose is it. I think yeah, the pace of this, and and that's why they needed those cut sections, mm. um, in a way, because that did allow you to have a little breather. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was a non. So I mean, it, that yeah. could easily, in the hands of a wrong director, mm. that could have been dragged out to a yeah. two-hour film. But, oh, I th- yeah. And it would have gone very wrong. I think. Yeah. They, and you'd have ended up with flat spots. Whereas as it was, it rushed along at such yeah. a pace mm. that as you say you almost didn't have time to think because it just went from scene to scene to scene and each scene had its own its own big revelation mm. and a big twist and a you know but there's and there's lots of um which again is kind of a lovecraft thing it's definitely a weird fiction thing of spatial distortion which is not made a big deal of mm. When they go outside and he says, I thought you said your car was near. Yeah. And it's just a bit further away. And yeah. the first time I watched it, I thought, oh, maybe it's meant to be the cult members had like, moved, moved it, it or something like it. that. And then they're going into the basement and it's what set of stairs? Yeah. yeah. And then at the end, when uh, the son is being chased by the daughter and the walls actually yeah. start closing it and you realise that he's actually just passed through yeah. a wall. Yeah. Apparently. Mm. Or he's passed... And again, nothing is made of this. No no one... Having said about one... Which I'm now going to just beat myself senseless about. But I think there's lots of lovely touches where, you know, it's just people react. But at that point, you wouldn't go in and go... Oh, the walls have got bigger. Do you know what I mean? Or everyone's because you're too in the moment. Yeah. You are too. You know the tension is there. You're trying to fucking sort this out and everything. You wouldn't be sitting there going, "Do you know that wasn't there last week?" Because <laughs> it's not the most unusual thing that's happening at no. that point. So. <laughs> I also I loved the again. It's just a small thing, but it just builds so much for me for a believable character. Um, the Kim character. Yes. Who wants to be a nurse and so desperately wants to get hands on and is so pissed off that she's been sidelined that she's just stacking boxes. Mm. And then as soon as they suddenly go to her, right, there's a woman who needs a C-section, there's a scalpel, yeah. get on with it. And she suddenly goes, Breaks I, can't, it, yeah. I can't do this. No. And I love like, that yeah. pressure. Yeah. And it just makes the character so much more believable. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's, no, there's no sort of... No one suddenly comes into their own. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's no sort of like vault fast where suddenly yeah, this person's like... Because when uh, when the doctor gets stabbed... No, 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 actually when the policeman gets stabbed and they bring him in, mm. she just stands there like hands yeah. up, can't deal with it, and they're yeah. saying, look, go and get the med kit. What? And yeah. they have to like drag her over and say, right, put your hands there, put the pressure there, I'll go and get the medical kit. And yeah. it's... Yeah, I, th- I don't think anyone... No one suddenly steps up to a play that no. they weren't already going to do. And weirdly enough, that seems to have been the best solution. Mm-hmm. Because everyone who 
everyone who tries, uh, everyone who machos it is dead. Yeah. yeah. Or apart from magically Jack Burton, but generally, yeah, people who unexpectedly leave him. But I think within, uh, but uh, but again, that is believable. There's no, you, you know, there, there's being incidental to the plot is probably the best way to survive something like this. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah, if you push yourself into the line, yeah, if you're integral to it, you're not coming back because this is too big a <laughs> fucking thing. And also, um, I had I was just getting obsessed with triangles because of it as well. Mm. And you know, because it is just such a because usually with this sort of thing, there'd be I, I like the fact that it's just something so primal mm. rather than. You know, they'd made up a sigil yeah. to try and look scary. Yeah. Whereas, weirdly, the triangle is just, and so it just immediately connects it. So you've got the door at the start, the door in the basement, the masks that they're wearing, mm. and obviously the actual abyss itself. Mm. Uh, and again, I think that just short, you know, short circuits having to sort of like hope that people have picked up that the weird squiggly symbol that someone's yes. got on their ring yeah, is the yeah, same yeah, as the one that yeah. was in the library or whatever like that, you know. Yeah. That costume of the cult mm. members, it's so simple, but there's something so sinister Sinister-y. about it. Well, it's, it's a bit KKK, yeah. which is probably why I won't be wearing it this Halloween. <laughs> but... It, yeah, but it's there's just something so... about a mask that doesn't have eyes in it, mm. and you're like, those people can't see. How are they attacking and stabbing people when they clearly can't? But that just makes it even scarier. It, like, well, how do they know what's going on? It's it even genius. looks kind of like a welding like mask or like a, a, a fire retardant suit yeah. almost as mm. well. And it's just, yeah, it's it is just that thing of immediately there's no recognisable. You can't see their eyes, so you don't know what they're thinking. Yeah. And, you know, how are they able to see you again is... And, I mean, I think... Because, obviously, there's triangles used as symbols of uh, female genitalia. And, obviously, mm. there's a lot of birth imagery in it. And there's a yeah. lot of... But also, the uh, the tri- triangle with the point facing upwards, obviously, you've got, like, the sort of pyramid effect on the... Yeah. Uh, on the within the other space is what I'm going to yeah. call it. Um, but that that is when it's like earth, fire, uh, the the elements um, as represented by triangles. That's fire. So whether that's a hell reference or mm. something like that, but also triangles are. Uh, what was the other thing I found out? Tri- triangles are. Uh, represent three, which is true wisdom. Okay. And again, it's that thing where the doctor's sort of saying that he has moved beyond thought and he's now able to understand everything. And it's because yeah. I think that's the thing as well. It's always terrifying when someone's calm. Yeah. <laughs> M- much like uh, yeah. Sam Neill and Event Horizon, mm. it's that same thing where it's just. When someone is utterly... He, he knows something. Yeah, yeah, but they're so reasonable well, and yeah. at peace with it. Like, we're definitely in trouble when yeah. someone... Yeah, when somebody <laughs> is not freaking out yeah. about what's going yeah. on. Yeah, when someone's not shouting at you, but they're just like, why would you not want this? <laughs> I'm just burrowing my eyes out. <laughs> you know, 
How could you not find yeah. this attractive? It's amazing. Um, and yeah, that is quite a twisted take on Buddhism, I suppose. Mm. The whole uh, reincarnation, but into this, what, what do you say, caterpillar? Yeah, like, like the sort of larval, yeah. larval stage to, to chrysalis to mo- to butterfly. It's a weird monster. Because yeah. <laughs> that's the thing as well. Is that uh, I mean that that one of those monsters, you know, the the, the there was the the meth. Uh, as they kept calling him meth head. Yeah, yeah, I actually felt a bit sorry for him because I he, felt sorry he, for he did him. seem he like he didn't know anything. N- no, no. He just kept <laughs> that's, that's when the, the he caught was, up in it. Yeah, yeah, a bit harsh. But he, um, the the creature that um, takes him, takes him. That guy's a that, contortionist. Yeah, so that's that reminded me of the girl from. Yes, the thing. From, I was like, uh, there yeah, is from that horror. horror. Yeah, yeah, that was good. And it, Jacob Albums horror. Yeah. Apologies if we've said it wrong. <laughs> And get the um, yeah. So when he does get dragged away, and you yeah. you just see that it's only a very quick glimpse, but you do just see it smash his head against mm, the car. Yeah. It just looked horrific. Yeah. Mm. Brilliantly well, done. We haven't mentioned really, really the rest done. of those monsters in a great deal. Only about the effects earlier, but I mean they were pretty I, messed I, up. I, again, that's probably another thing that we, it was. Um, that was another element that had a sort of. Some of them had a Hellraiser-y sort of thing, cause, mm. you know, the sort of Cenobite thing of a lot of sort of stuff intertwined. But also just like the one that's... Ju- and also where it's they've started the fire because they yeah, want, want to want die. To d- yeah, so that's how they can die, is from fire. And you said yeah. the triangle meaning fire. So and I guess he, there was yes, that, oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. And, but like the one that's just smashing head, its head yeah. repeatedly oh, into that yeah. pipe. It looks fantastic. Yeah. yeah. It looks so good. I think, and also just the fact that there was sort of, you know, that they could be dealt with by being shot, but it was only like, like um, the son actually, again, being the sensible one, started shooting out ankles. Yeah. yeah. Because so at least they can't come towards yeah. you then, yeah. you know, and sort of stuff like that. Mm. But yeah, I think that, I mean, again, that's, that's probably another bit where it was, well, this is hell, yeah. seemed a bit... Uh, you know uh, unnecessary at that point but again like I say at least no one was going oh oh well this wasn't here last week yeah but uh, yeah. yeah I think overall I think it's just I loved it I and it was want to see more from these guys yeah, yeah without a doubt without a doubt and it's great because it's an, it's an entry into as I say two of the things I did want to cover was I know I kept mentioning it but yeah so more independent horror which yeah okay so so I, I hadn't realised that at the start I, I mean I didn't recognise the uh, the names at the beginning mm. but I figure that's not unusual because I don't recognise most from all, all of these films but yeah so I had no idea what production level or yeah yeah it's, it's, it's definitely a, a lower budget film but it as you say, it does, it's not because it looks it. Yeah, no, I mean, for some reason, I totally didn't realise that. This was actually crowdfunded as well. Oh, okay. Was it really? Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. And, yeah, I mean, for a, a crowdfunded film, I think it's amazing. Yeah. Although, I did, I thought to myself, I mean, I don't know why I do it. It's it's, it's only smoking the bandit and Marvel movies that do it. But I was, I did, I, I went, I watched through the credits, also because I wanted to see if the Lust Mords music that was in it was credited or whether it was actual stuff that they just put on uh like stuff that he actually wrote specifically yeah. for the film yeah and um yeah i hadn't realized it was crowdfunded until um obviously 
uh, one of the perks was to be mentioned in the credits, yeah. and it is a long run uh, of know, names, you know. It's, but yeah. well done, all of them, mm. because they got this made. Which but is, they did a brilliant job because the only other crowdfunded film I've seen was Thirty One, which obviously had all Rob the Rob Zombie, Zombie yeah. in it. Mm. Do you know what? This looks every bit as good as that film, yeah. but yeah. it was written ten times better. Because <laughs> Thirty One was. I know, yeah. Sorry, Rob. I love some of your (laughs) films, but some of them are turds. Yeah, so that's it. So, and the other thing is, as I I said earlier, it's that single location horror, which is something that I wanted to to go through at some point Mm. and have a proper look at because it it can it can kill or make a film so easily. You can take Mm. a film, put it in one location, and it make it feel so much more. So much tighter and more like, um, uh, it creates a great attention. Yeah. I think sometimes. And and claust- a feeling of claustrophobia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you can't get out of where yeah. you're in, it's terrible. And I so, think they did that good. The camera shots gave a real sense of that as well. I mean, I suppose that is because you're in a smaller area, mm. you're going to have more close-up shots. But they did do that well. And and the the shaking camera, I thought worked well. Especially, mm. I liked that shaking camera effect when it was the father, when you kept sitting. Look, so at first I wondered why nobody was reacting to the floating woman until mm. I realised that obviously the shaking camera and her was obviously an indication that it was only it was mm. all in his mind. Yeah. yeah, and again the sound design as well, because when you were experiencing his yeah. focus on him, there was that drone, yeah. Yeah. like sort of high whine sort of noise mm. going on. But was that meant to be the siren? No, no, I think I, I don't know because it only seemed him. to occur when it was when him. It's him yeah. he, he mentioned it, didn't he? Because he said there's a yeah. siren calling them. I think it's, yeah, the, listen to yeah, listen to the siren call. Yeah, yeah, can't, yeah, can't you see it's bringing, it's bringing them all them, to yeah. us or whatever? Yeah. Um, but again, that's another thing that gave me that put me in mind. I know you mentioned Silent Hill earlier. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, that was another thing that put me in mind of it. Not yeah, just yes. the soundscape. Mm. But th- th- this was another film. There was lots of bits that really reminded me of sort of the Silent Hill movie, and I love that film. Yes, um, and I've been. It's one of those films. I've come home three nights this week and said, "I'm going to sit down and watch that because I really need to see it again." And I've not got around to it. Um, and I think you. Uh, it'd be a good one to show you, Chris, because obviously, as an avid gamer, it's. Did you play the Silent Hill game? Yeah, no, so I didn't, but I did see this. I did see the movie. Oh, you at, did? At the movies once, yeah. Oh, right, cool. Um, what did you make of it? Yeah, well, so I remembered liking it, and I just started to watch it again the other day. Oh, did on you? Netflix, but I thought Ooh. I won't, so I only saw the first 10 minutes and then stopped it. To, to my mind, that says, because I haven't seen it since I saw it at the cinema, yeah. I'd like to see it again. I think that sort of kind of suggests that's what we what yes. we'll watch next time. Then, next I think, movie. Yes. It's, oh, it's a fantastic film. It's, I've never seen any of the sequels, but I, I've seen uh, the, the first one. sequel is less good. Uh-huh. It, it, it looks like the first one. It's got all the, mm. but the for some reason the plot is just so up and down and yeah. lumpy. I really didn't like. it but it's a shame because it's one of those films where the visuals are fantastic mm. um, and that's what sold me on it um, with the trailer for it I saw it and was like I need to go and see this as soon as it comes out and I loved the first one so much yeah um, yeah so we rushed out and saw it and it looked fantastic but unfortunately the, the plot also, wasn't 
it's also I'd be like you said with you being a gamer I would like to hear your take on like movie adaptions of games just in general because I know most of them seem to basically most of them seem to do well but not with gamers yeah yeah is the best i think it's probably just because you're not controlling it yeah no i mean it is a very difficult thing i would think to adapt Mm. well um funnily enough i watched doom again oh it's rock yeah i've not seen that but i need to okay well every time i've seen it oh sorry sold (laughs) i think i've seen it three times and every time i watch it i like it more and i don't know (laughs) I, i don't know why maybe i don't expect as much and then I like <laughs> what it does, but I mean, it, it, I, I won't say too much. But mm. it's got a slightly tacky bit. But again, I found that kind of fun. So I don't know. Yeah, I just decided that's good entertainment. I um, I really like The Rock. I think he doesn't like going by The Rock anymore, yeah. does it? It's Dwayne Johnson. But yeah. I I like what he's cooking. <laughs> he's one of those people. Yeah, when he went from being a a wrestler to being in films and I was like it's just going to be a massive dick I've just got no interest and then he did the um, the Fast and Furious films and I really liked him in that and obviously this new Baywatch and I've just realised that he doesn't despite the fact he's clearly someone who spends 10 hours a day just on his appearance he really doesn't take himself that seriously and that's what I love someone who and, oh, and I've saw Pain and Gain recently, which I know neither of you want to see, which is a true story about um, three bodybuilders who um, oh, yes. kidnap uh, a rich guy from the gym and okay. basically try and extort all of his money out of him. And it's, it's a comedy. Oh, right. um, and it's him and Mark Wahlberg. And it's really, really good. Again, and Dwayne Johnson is the... Uh, is, him and Mark Wahlberg are fantastic together, innit? First, first thing I saw him in was Southland Tiles. And again, Shit! And again, he's brilliant in that because he is playing the antithesis of wrestler in a sort of sci-fi action <laughs> film in that he's rubbish, scared, and incompetent. He's Jack okay. Burton. Yeah. yeah. He's the Jack Burton so of that So he, he doesn't mind being portrayed. No! Because I, I, I wouldn't say... Oh, and Moana's good. Uh, okay, he does the voice of the of the, the, the main guy. Yes, yeah. I need to try Southland mm. Towers again because I didn't like it, and the only yeah. two things I remember liking about it was Dwayne Johnson and um, uh, Justin Timberlake. Neither of whom at the time yeah, I liked, liked, and they were the yeah. two things. I liked. And I was like, well, if these are the two things I like most about it, it was clearly. I keep shit. getting that with Leonardo DiCaprio. I keep imagining I should hate him, and every time oh, I see him, I really like him. Yeah, but it's just, just, I just, it's almost like I default back to thinking I probably he won't like him. but I still liked him in that. But I just think it was because the initial impression was that he's just uh, heart he's, yeah he's not yeah. going to be anything good and then he's like uh, yeah, yeah, fantastic but Brad Pitt Johnny Depp they're yeah. all the same yeah. and then once they get past actually, those roles yeah. you suddenly go oh actually do you know yeah. what they're really good actors once yeah. you get and Matthew I'm, McConaughey as well obviously you know, he's true detective yeah. he's just well, I really liked him in Interstellar mm. Um, but I need to go back to Moana. That's a good film. It is a good film. Okay. A really good film. I was actually very pleasantly surprised. And I guess you're not a huge Disney fan. I normally. like. I like. I like the Disney that I watched when I was a kid. I think, which I think is most people's. Which, sort of go on, thing. which? 
Um, so Jungle Book, yeah, um, the, Rob, the Robin Hood. Yeah, oh, that's right. brilliant. The, what, I the love cart- that one. Yeah. yeah, the cartoon Robin Hood where he's a fox. And yeah, because it's, it's King, it's King John and Sir Hiss. Yeah, are just fantastic. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't. I, I like. Oh, and the Emperor's New Groove is fucking okay, brilliant. I've never seen that. I've not seen that. Oh, seriously, no fucking songs. Right, yeah. I don't think. They might have a couple of songs. Anyway, um, but no, it's just brilliant. It's basically uh, Martin Short, but you don't have to look at him. Uh, and he's Martin he's okay. the em- he's like, so like him. Uh, the emperor. Uh, he's basically the emperor. I believe it's South America, and he's like a sort of Incan uh, uh, emperor who gets cursed and turned into a llama, and then has to go and ask for help from the guy who he's evicting from his house so that he can have like a swimming pool on uh, top, like, like yeah. just a pleasure palace on top of this mountain okay. uh, the guy who is the guy who he's sort of hooked up with is John Goodman voice mm-hmm. John Goodman and there's um, the two villains of the piece there's a witch called Yzma and her assistant Crunk I think it's Crunk yeah uh, Yzma's Eartha Kit and Crunk is Patrick Warburton, who is um, m- probably most famous for being uh, the voice of Joe in Family Guy, Brock Sampson in The Venture Brothers. Um, That's quite a good you know, the, uh, cast of voices, yeah, yeah, they're, they're, And they're all brilliant, but Crunk is the, is the best thing about it, yeah. because like, at one point he's, he's running around trying to be sneaky, and she's going, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing my sneaky music. <laughs> but yeah, Emperor's New Groove. I mm. cannot recommend the shit out of any. You know, it's really good. Mm-hmm. And Mo- Moana's pleasantly surprising, especially because uh, Jermaine from Flight of the Concourse turns up uh, as a big glittery cla- crab and well, sings a very Bowie song. Yeah. I, I saw um, Kubo recently. Kubo and the th- I'm gonna have to Kubo. Feel like you not something about, uh, not the lizard with Johnny Depp. No, no, that's... That's Rango. 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 I will say this, though. You were saying about have any Canadians gone wrong. Go on. Justin Bieber, Avril Lavigne, and uh, uh, Celine Dion. I don't think... Oh, yeah, okay. There's there's a couple. (laughs) I don't think I hate Avril Lavigne, do I? What what did she do? Um, Very little of merit. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Um, I I can't remember. (laughs) I don't don't know any Justin Bieber. No, that's fair enough. Just to go back to Disney very quickly, I very recently, because I was on a Vincent Price one, went back yeah. and rewatched Basil the Great Mouse Detective. Oh, blimey, yeah. Because um, he plays the voice of Ratty, might be is the name of the character. But yeah, basically the bad guy in it. Um, yeah, and that's the same. I really like it. It's a really good story. It's it's not. I think it's got one music number, and it's Vincent Price singing, so therefore he gets away with it. Princess and the Frog's really good as well, and that's got... Um, Ken Forry from uh, Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, 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 not Ken Forry. Um, oh, it's the guy... It's the guy from The Thing. Oh. Um, and um, who ends up wrestling uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper in They Live. I will Google that right now, but yeah. I've just brought it up. It's Kubo and the Two Strings, and okay. the voices in it are Matthew McConaughey, mm-hmm. um, Charlize Theron... Um, is this new? Yeah, it's a new. Yeah, it's only six months ago. I think it came out. Uh, Ralph Fiennes is in it. Blimey. 
I presume yeah. he's. I presume he's slightly politer than he is in George uh, in Bruges. in it. Ooh. Yeah. So um, definitely check that out. It's really good. Um, right. And what was the other thing we were gonna look up? I feel like we may have. Um, we may have gone off. Gone off it's, it's the weirdest, what I love is the fact that we have just watched a fantastically weird and sort of great Keith David. Um, sorry, that's the guy's name, but he plays uh, a, a voodoo practitioner. Mm. He's basically Baron Samadhi, and he has an amazing fucking song in it. <laughs> I got friends on the other side. Um, so but you, yeah, you do like some of the songs. I do like some yeah. of the songs. That's that's quite good because it's all set in New Orleans and like you've got say you got loads of sort of like what's this one? Uh, Princess and the Frog. Um, but you've got loads of uh, Doctor John does the theme tune and it's lo- no, lo- I just discovered Doctor John last week. Never heard of him before, and then I found Grigory. Grigory man, and was oh, just like. Yeah. This is amazing, and I had to get Chris Jones around immediately yeah. and drink rum and listen to it. Also known as the Night Tripper. Yeah. Mm. It's a, I went through a website. Sounds looking, like Marty Bush. Yes, <laughs> they do. He's a bit like. But I went through a, a website that sold vinyl and mm. looked through maybe 300 albums, and that was the one that the cover went to me. That's you it. need to go yeah. and find it. And so, I went and yeah, found it. Gilded Splinters and uh, Mamaru. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, need but, to get hold of the vinyl copy of that. Oh, it's amazing. Also, um, I'll, I'll text it to you because I'll never remember it at the moment, but uh, there, he, uh, there's a great album he did with The Meters, you know, the, the like, funk band, The yeah. Meters. Um, yeah, they're the backing band on this mm-hmm. album. And the music, and it was used. The opening track was used in American Horror Story when they went to burn Myrtle in three. In yeah. The, the Coven. Yeah. Series. Yeah. When they went to New Orleans. Yeah, and it's that. Fantastic. Great. How are you getting on with American Horror Story? <laughs> no, I haven't seen any more. Nope. No. <laughs> How are you getting on? I've, nope. I've, well, okay, good answer. I've, I've been. I have been trying to avoid watching any horror. I, I feel like I should should save it up. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. Yeah, um, as I say, because that's what I've done with Silent Hill. Because every day this week mm. I've been like, oh, I could really. Yeah. But then yesterday I had to tame myself with uh, Communion, which I've not seen for a long time. Uh-huh. Um, and it's still a good film, but I still find the soundtrack to that massively. Disjointed. I don't remember. I don't remember the soundtrack particularly. It's jo- it's um, John Williams. Possibly? No. no. It. What is it with me and names this evening? The guitarist know. from Cream. Eric Clapton. Eric Clapton. Right. Okay. Does does like does all the music. So it's just him just playing this kind of slow. Some bluesy sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's more right. sort of jazzy. I don't know. It's just weird, well, and it's, it, it doesn't work. But it's got Christopher Walken in it, so it's going to be weird regardless. Um, and, let, and let us not forget if there's one thing that the film communion or the book communion tells us is that Whitley Strieber has an amazing arsehole because people will come from thousands and billions <laughs> of miles away to just to have a look it. in it yeah have a look poke it and everything I decided, I decided that was far enough from horror that I was allowed to watch that yeah that's fair that's fair I think yeah but then watching it I was like it's, it's pretty it's a bit it, it, Well, yeah, I think it's just it's it's not a particularly he doesn't have a particularly ex- pleasant experience most of the time. So, yeah. 
But, um, He's bummed up, by you? Have you, <laughs> are you aware of Whitney Strieber and no. the union? Okay, so Whitney Strieber, sorry. Whitney Strieber. Oh. It, uh, it, it's a, based on a true story. He was a novelist. He used to write. <clears throat> it's, he claims <laughs> it's based on a true story. <laughs> cough, cough. Well, um, you can't say it's based on a true no, no, story. No, 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 sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I should have prefaced that by saying it isn't necessarily my belief that yeah. it's a true story, but it, it's claimed to be a true story. So he's a novelist, and he used to write post-apocalyptic stories. Um, and then some strange stuff happened to him, and he went through hypnosis, and basically they unearthed that aliens have been coming and taking him out of his house and probing him and doing all kinds of tests and stuff to him all of his life since he was a child. And his wife then got hypnotised and it came out that she was there and that she remembers him being taken away and they hypnotised his six-year-old child and he has been taken away by the aliens and they do things to him as well. It's all very... But again, it's... If you believe it, it's... um, Okay. It's a brilliant story and there's something... Although obviously I'm not, I'm definitely not saying I believe any of it, but there's something that makes it feel credible because of the disjointedness yeah. of it. You know, like we were saying mm. with the ambiguity with okay, like yeah. the void, where because it's left so it's ambiguous, stuck, it yeah. makes it feel more real because it's like, well, if this happened to you, this big event is happening and you're just a small part of it, so you only see your part. A lot of it's disjointed and doesn't make sense. And he says, well, look, this has happened. People go, well, why would that happen? I don't know. I can't tell you. All I can tell you is this happened and that didn't make sense. And um, and yeah, it's a fantastic, it's a a fascinating thing and it's a good film. It's Christopher Walken who plays him. So of course it's just batshit. Um, so I heartily recommend it I had it on VHS as a child and just watched it until the tape ran out um, you know you could rewind it <laughs> sorry until the tape wore out was what I meant to say yeah mm. I watched it to the point where it was untrackable do you remember oh, tracking oh yeah. yeah I miss tracking I don't I, I miss tracking just from the point of view of it you felt more in control <laughs> whereas now it's like oh oh it's just this shit <laughs> right, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll live with that. Do you know where I miss tracking? YouTube. <laughs> you can't sh- sharpen things you up. Don't, well, especially when some bugger's put something up that oh, his video has yeah. just got the fuzz yeah. at the bottom, and you're like, so what you're tracking out, come on, you're an amateur. <laughs> Call yourself a VHS owner. There's loads of people listening to this who are only 25 years old going, what the what? fuck is tracking? It was a VHS. Um... I think there's probably plenty of people who are wondering how we got on the Whitley Strieber's arsehole and Disney films from The Void. I couldn't tell you, but I think that's a good sign of how good the film was, that he's managed to take us in such completely... Uh, Weird directions, definitely. Unlike the films that are so bad that you just want to talk about anything apart from the film you've just watched, it's definitely not that case with this. Well, I would say that The Void... Uh, from me gets two thumbs up Whitley Strieber's arse <laughs> <laughs> two out of a possible two and a half uh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no I'm giving it top marks oh, right. oh excellent good good um, yeah I agree yeah yeah I do I I really enjoyed this film um, I think it was one of those ones that 
it's nice to see uh, a, a more independent film make it that... Like, there were people at work who don't watch horror talking about this film before it came out. Yeah. So, so they'd obviously done a fantastic job of the marketing and the hype. Um, and I, it's good when a film does that and then doesn't disappoint. Because there's nothing mm. worse than building non-horror fans yeah. up and then giving yeah. them something shit and they just turn against the genre so fast. Um, so, excellent. So that's all good. When, once again, we meet in a fortnight's time, Silent Hill is definitely going to be on the agenda. That's good. Um, thanks very much for listening. Uh, please come and speak to us. Uh, give us any feedback. Tell us what you think if you've seen these films. Um, equally, if you've got any suggestions, things that uh, you that you think are, are linked or that you think we should check out, please come and let us know. Um, we're available on Instagram at Welcome to Horror. Yeah, welcome. Yeah, just uh, search "Welcome to Horror" or the hashtag "Welcome to Horror" or "Welcome to Horror" podcast. Awesome. Um, also, the "Welcome to Horror" website, welcometohorror.co.uk. Um, email us at info at welcometohorror.co.uk, uh, and there's also a Facebook group uh, which nobody seems to have found, but that's fine. But come and talk to us there. We're keeping an eye on it, and we'd love to chat. Uh, so, thanks very much, and in a fortnight's time, Silent Hill, bitches. Mm. Cool. Right, thanks, man.